Hello and welcome to the Higher Training Podcast. It's your boy, Peter I to the G, back with another episode. This time, I'm going to be joined by... Oh, every time I just have to keep waiting for that drop. I'm sorry, it doesn't get old. I'm going to be joined by Oshin Mulligan, aka Mulligan's Fitness. He's a fat loss specialist. He also recently did a challenge where he ate McDonald's every day for 14 days and he still managed to lose over two kilos. Now we talk about that, we talk about how he works with his clients, what he what he does to kind of help them celebrate their small wins, big wins too. And we get digging into what it's like as PTs and coaches and dealing with body image issues and a whole bunch, a whole bunch of other goodness. Now, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please let me know. And let Oshie know by giving us a wee rating and review on iTunes or wherever you watch or listen to the podcast. And give us a little share onto your story if you would be so kind. We really do appreciate it. And that's enough rambling for me. I'm going to leave you to enjoy the last bit of this tune. Get stuck in. Boom. Thank you, Zoom lady. Did that come on <laughs> your side as well, did it? I was like, oh, the, the government are here recording. <laughs> you know, I think it happened the last time and I, I, I didn't notice it happened before on any Zoom call, so it scared the fuck out of me. I didn't know what was going on. Let's speak to you. It must be something new because people are recording stuff. I don't know. Sneakily recording stuff. Sneaky. Sneaky. Well, thank you for coming on, Oshin. Um, I'll introduce you a wee bit first just to give people an idea of, of yourself. You can delve into that a wee bit more later on, but you're a personal trainer, you're an online coach, you did sports science uh, in Atlone, yeah? Yeah. In Atlone, in the hometown, you're from Atlone yourself, um, and you're weight loss and fat loss specialist, would that be fair to say? Yeah, be focused on that side of things, 100%. And lovely, and some people might have seen, uh, seen you on TikTok or heard you on the radio, you did, recently did a challenge where you ate McDonald's for 14 days and still managed to lose weight. Yeah. Magic. Magic. <laughs> a crazy one. I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah. I- <laughs> oh, man. I actually had a McDonald's last week, and I was thinking, think, thinking about it. Yeah, I was like, the fast got to eat this for f- every day for 14 days. Yeah. It was nice for the first. It was nice for the first seven. It was very nice for the first seven. After the seven, I was like, can I just go and have my bloody home-cooked dinner now, please, God? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say you're starving out for mother's cooking. Uh, yeah. I still had it. I still actually had a good few dinners, which is grand. I thought, at the start, I thought I'd be absolutely starving. Mm. But I wasn't too bad. I think the first day was the hardest day, just because I'd gone from nearly lean bulking then down to more so cutting down my weight. And it was actually, I think that's probably why the weight came down quite quickly as well, on mm. top of that. But... Yeah, no, I thought it'd be more torturous than it was. It was all right. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, well, next time you're going to have to go for 28 days, I think. If, <laughs> yeah. if, if you're doing any challenge. <laughs> yeah. I, think I'm, I think I'm not going to do any challenge for, for a while. I think I'm sick of the attention. The attention got to me. <laughs> no yeah. more of that. Yeah, it, uh, I'd say it was something that you, after doing it, I'd say it's like a big, a few good few lessons taken away from it. And we can kind of get into that a wee bit later on, but we can kind of bring it back to the start and maybe talk about yourself and 
Um, you went to do sports science. What was the kind of thoughts going going into that? Did you intend on being a person trainer or a coach? Uh, yeah. So initially, what started off is secondary school around TY in secondary school. Now I was geez around 120 kilos in around there, somewhere maybe a little bit lower, 110. Um, and I remember my brother came up to my room and was like, look, I'm going to bring you to the gym for the first time. I think you need to start now because if you're putting any more weight, it's going to be quite hard for you to kind of lose it off. So I was like, all oh, right, I'll go with you. So I went with him a couple of times. I got addicted to it, I think. Probably just got so engaged in lifting heavier weight and improving myself once I seen the weight come down a kilo. And then I was like, my brother made me hold 5 kg in my hand when I lost. That's why I do all my transformation pictures with just the 5 kilos. Because initially... Me, he handed it to me and he was like, look, we'll get a picture of it together. And then when you get to 10, we'll hold a 10 together. And so I kind of carried that forward with my coaching. But that's how I kind of started because once I held that in my hand, I was like, I want to get to the next way and lose that a little bit more. Um, but again, I didn't really have the education on nutrition back then. So I was doing it all sorts of stupid ways. I was kind of avoiding carbohydrates. I was avoiding all the foods I enjoyed. And so I went through, I lost a lot of weight anyway in secondary school. I wanted to become an architect. I was like, oh, I'm going to do architecture down in Limerick. It'll be a good crack. Yeah, I did quite well in DCG and all that. And then I think it was in the last year, I was like, do you know what? I'm really getting into this sports science thing. I really like to help someone out go through it. And for some random reason, I chose sports science, which is like more targeted towards performance. But I definitely learned a lot from it, which is great. I definitely don't regret that side of things. But I'm one of these people, Darren, where I'll go, um, just I don't think about something before I do. I nearly just do it. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm doing this shit now. <laughs> I have to finish up. <laughs> So I did a couple of times during college, wanted to drop out because I was like, oh, it's not really targeting the weight loss side of things as much. Then by the end, I was like, geez, I actually learned a lot. And that's kind of how I got started. And with my coach and I carry on what I learned from losing weight, like I did it the wrong way. I remember doing no carb. I tried to eat as little calories as possible. Um, I did the stupidest diet because I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. One meal a day. I don't know if I've heard about it. I came out of that with a severe nearly binge eating disorder because I kept going uh, I had one meal a day, I think it was in around five, six hundred calories. I did that for two months. After two months, I could not fill my stomach. I don't care what I ate. I could eat five, six thousand calories in a day. I could not fill myself up. Um, and then I just finished college. I was like, you know, what? I want to help people go through the same stuff I did, but avoid all the bullshit along the way. So that's kind of my story, as you'd call it. I think you, you, you hit on a load of golden shit there, but we'll, uh, I, I want to bring it back to holding the five kg plate that you used to celebrate. Um, with clients and I've noticed that and I've it's there's something something powerful about celebrating those wins like however big or small they are you know it spurs people on um, yeah. do you find that people really look forward to you know that picture yeah, yeah. I have them ask me from the first day they're like oh when are we getting the five kilo picture and we get down there we'll see what the crack is but yeah you're right celebrating them little wins is huge because I think that's what and gets people engaged uh, and kind of makes them feel successful. I always say, you'll see at the bottom most of my posts, is like, stay proud of it. Like, if you're proud of it, like, chances of you going back into kind of being heavily overweight or obese or whatever is kind of a little bit harder for you. And you'll be, it's, it's just kind of a moment that you can look back on and say, look, I went through a load of shit to get myself here this far. I can go through a load of more shit to carry myself forward. There's actually one guy, um, everyone probably knows him at this age, David Goggins. He talks about it in his books and stuff. He talks about the cookie jar. When you go through shit in life or you have a tough time um, and you get through it, you can, with your future struggles or anything you're going through, you can always go and open up the cookie jar and remember, I got through that tough struggle and now I can get through this tough one if I just put my head down and continue on. So that's part of it. And I think, yeah, it definitely does spur people. It spurred me on for sure. I don't know where my brother got the idea from, but he did. It's so funny looking back at the picture. You're getting commission off you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. And he's a huge inspiration to me as well because I wouldn't be where I am without him kind of bringing me to the gym that day. It still sticks in my mind. I was literally sitting in a room, this one now that I'm in, sitting down playing games on my Xbox and he walked in and he was like, look, we, we need to go to the gym. And I think with my online coaching and stuff like that and the coaching I do, it's all focused around having kind of a brother-like support there. Like that someone's there that you can chat to and support you along. I think all coaches are the same and that's kind of what is it like you're almost nearly a family member pushing them on, do you know what kind of way? Absolutely. I think that's one of the best ways to kind of approach coaching rather than looking at it as like, uh, it's time for me to dictate what's going to happen. And that's, that's yeah. it. when it, come, it comes to things like in coaches that the style of coaching that kind of irks me to my core, it's that type, type of dictate, dictatorship because it's, it should always be a collaborative process. And you're almost I, like... I've seen someone on uh, Instagram recently. I don't know if you've seen it. It was kind of going all over the fitness industry there for a while. I call any of the top influencers ever was posting about uh, a coach had a client who had a meal plan a set meal plan or something and didn't stick to went out and had a burger one of the days or something and she put the story of it up on her she put up on her story and then the coach actually screenshot and put up on his page was like I'm sick of people not following what I give them but that's that's not the way to go that's how you turn someone away to never ever get a coach again and just give up on everything absolutely you, 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 you make them you, you completely destroy their view of fitness and, and yeah, coaches yeah. and all and like that is the, that is actually a big issue that people always be oh, why you, why would you be so harsh in these type of transfer, extreme transformations and coaches that did uh, do these maybe less healthy methods it's not just you know oh, they're getting money for that that's not what it is it's that what ends up happening and we end up seeing those people they come to us clients I'm sure a lot of the time is that those people have seriously um jaded views when it comes to you know what it takes to, to get in shape or jaded views around what exercise should be or what coaching is they just want to be shouted at and, and made jump around until they're not able to move yeah because every session shouldn't be like a high intensity interval session where you're getting sick on the floor and that doesn't necessarily mean you had a good session or it's something that's going to benefit you in the future you can do pretty shitty sessions where you're out of breath and rolling around crying on the floor you know, I, I think there's a lot more as we're saying we're more the scientific side behind it all do you know that kind of way more precise with what we do and think about it and it's not not about making people trying to feel unsweet we're trying to make people feel successful is what i'm trying to say like that's the main part of culture you can make them feel successful they carry that on without you and it's not making them too reliant on you either at the same time it's coaches that kind of put their clients down or um say try make them feel unsuccessful nearly that may, keeps them coming back to them all the time come back and back more money more money that isn't the way it should be your client should be kind of self-sufficient after a little while it's not kind of way and it's okay for someone to keep with you for accountability and all that side of things but um, there's definitely two different sides to coaching for sure. 100%. Uh, going back to the, the, the 5kg plate, uh, there's a few things I want to get into with it. And I don't know, maybe is this, this is your brother might have actually uh, realized this, but I think having that picture to look forward to probably presents a real clear path for a lot of these people that kind of come to you. Um, you know, like, right, I'm going, getting towards that photo. You know, like if, they come, if they're coming to you with that weight loss, it's like a very direct path. It's like, I come to you. Obviously, the training is probably going to be a little bit different depending on the person, but the path is there. That's that's where I'm going to. Do you think yes. it helps having that in your head going into it? Yeah, I think it's a good goal to aim for. Some people that work with me don't want the picture, which is which is it's fine as well. I just said it's perfectly fine. I don't really share much anyway. About just people like why. Well, yeah. 
but I think it makes it less intimidating as well then. Like if we think about like the usual transformation pictures we'd see where people with their clothes off, all their clothes off essentially, and posted side by side, it would turn a lot of people away, especially people that are very uncomfortable with the way their body looks or mm-hmm. has severe body dysmorphia. Um, I think it makes coaching more accessible because they don't have to take their clothes off. They don't even need to get the picture if they don't want to get the picture. Um, I know some courses or some coaches make that mandatory. Um, some coaches have heard of make it mandatory, which isn't isn't great either. It definitely pushes more people away than anything else. Um, but it does definitely give a, a clear path. One thing that I don't like about it, that is kind of people could critique me about, it, is it focuses too much on weight then. Mm. That that puts emphasis on the scales, which is exactly correct. But in the, in the coaching process, when we start explaining to people that, look, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to make sure that you're eating as many calories as you can while losing weight. We're not starving ourselves. We're not cutting water to hit five kilos. So if we wanted that tomorrow, I guarantee you two of us could go out and lose five kilos and go hold the plate. If we really wanted to cut out the water, go in a sauna, cut that down. And that's not the way I do it. When I coach people at the start, I, I'd be very clear. And we set other goals as well. Like um, There'd be kind of, one of the main ones that I do is go out and run for 15 minutes, see how far you get. And in four weeks time, we're going to go back and run that 15 minutes again and then see how far you get or 30 seconds, as many push-ups as you can, and maybe go in and see if you can do a pull-up in the gym. Different, simple tasks like that, but I always try, the weight loss is the, the plate side of things, and then the uh, fitness side of things is what we're going to focus on, to build them little habits in yourself and have other goals. It teaches people goal setting because it's very easy to get demotivated as well when the scales doesn't go your way. So that's a negative side of it for sure. There, there's definitely things to critique about it. I'm glad you went for a bit of self-critique there. That uh, that shows the science background and uh, it notches yeah. you up a level in my estimation. Kudos <laughs> to you, friend. Yeah. <laughs> but I, for sure, if, if you're not self-critical, you're not going to improve. You're not going to win. If you can't exactly. listen to critiques, you're not going to improve either. That's it. Um, and on that, on that before and after photos, that is a good contrast there. Uh, you know, where you have to take off your clothes and take that. It's a lot less daunting of a thing for somebody to do. And I'm the same as you. I've heard of people that have to take those photos. And I know a lot of transformation gyms, they do. Like, you have to take the before and after photos. But like that's, there's no other way to do it. Then sometimes I see then it becomes, the whole process becomes a way of just getting these before and after photos. As quick as possible and in any way possible. Even if you're on 1,000 calories in a day, every single day for mm-hmm. them, that you're on there. And it's not sustainable. And it's not sustainable at all. My thing with... The, the people that coach I think you're probably very very similar and everyone kind of is, is you would hate to see a client working with a client and, uh, and working with them six weeks or whatever and they lose the weight and they're happy with themselves and then go back because you used unsustainable methods that the weight's back on or, or that they're not feeling as good as they did before like weight fluctuations are normal mm-hmm. but if you got someone down a significant amount of weight and then it ends up all back on you know your methods are unsustainable in, in some sort of way and I think as good coaches um, that's what we're aiming not to do is see our previous clients decline after we're away like they become too reliant on you then and you, you're using shitty method, methods if that's the case absolutely I, I agree with you there and in in terms of uh the the, the methods of getting to getting to that weight loss uh, uh, when people come to you you know it's not just all about the weight loss as you're saying you set different you know goals maybe it sounds like you set some goals that are based around maybe like health and strength parameters you know getting out for a run is obviously going to help with your cardiovascular health that's the L sports science background learning all about all, all, all the time learning about the heart is, is, is has stuck yeah and then obviously in terms of strength then obviously getting stronger is going to help you as you get older the L sarcopenia we all want to avoid losing that muscle mass as you get older and not being able to get out of chairs or having exactly. bad hips and shoulders and all this yeah and I think another thing about it is like 
we're having the two separate goals. So we have our, our weight sightings and we have the fitness sightings, but they're not, I don't, I don't link them because I don't want people going exercising to lose weight. Essentially. Um, I want to keep it that you're exercising because you enjoy it. And we're doing forms of exercise. You enjoy like there's, you know, yourself, um, there's a million different ways to train and you might not like one way. I don't really like the crossfit way of training because I'm shy at it. <laughs> my cardio is bad. I prefer my going out on a run and then going in and lifting weights like a bodybuilder trying to build muscle that sort of way or aiming more towards strength. Some people might not like that because it's too slow for them and they'd enjoy kind of crossfit style training and side of that. It's about finding the training you enjoy. Some people don't even like really lifting weights, although I would recommend it. If you really don't like it, like get on a walk, go cycle, do something that you enjoy. There's loads of different ways out there to exercise and move your body. You don't have to do it a specific way. And it's not to punish yourself um, because too many people use it as a form of punishment. Like I was even on a call with someone there, so funny, just before um, the podcast and we were talking about it and she was saying she was running and she was running for ages to try to get the weight down and she really hates running. And I was like, oh, why are you running? She was like, because I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to burn the calories. And then I was like, okay, if we switch that to you want to run because you want to get better running and you enjoy how you feel after, how do you feel about running then? She's like, geez, I feel great about running after. I'm like, okay, right, let's do that instead of trying to just do running to lose weight because mm. then when you don't lose weight, you're not successful at it, you're going to just give it up, you know, kind of way, and it's going to make it more stressful and just shit. Like running to look at your watch and see how many calories you've burned is just not a way to go about training at all. Any exercise to look at the calories and see that you've burned isn't, isn't good in, 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 yeah. in that terms. Uh, that would have been, I'd say, a mindset I probably would have, Luckily, calorie uh, watches with calories on them weren't around whenever I was in my extreme obsessive mode because <laughs> that would have been me. I never got into that craze. I was more so just uh, train 12 times a week and then just eat chicken, broccoli and rice. Uh, uh, dangerous. Uh, I think it's important as well to discuss like the importance of like getting off the calorie counting apps is a huge one. Like getting away mm. from them is there's too many coaches focus on just using them and then they leave their client off with not a clue what to do after but can become obsessive over the numbers and not tell them to realize like i think i made a video there it was actually the last video i put up it was about using it as like school you're going to school for nutrition when you're using the app and it's good for people to start off i don't care what anyone says it's very good for you to track your food for six to 12 weeks however long you really want to and once you reach that mark and you're kind of happy with your weight moving down or whatever get off it use it as it's teaching you what you can eat you can include food you like and at the same time you know what portion sizes you're having you kind of have a log of your daily food so you kind of know your eating habits you know if you're skipping meals and after that just use it like school you, you don't stay in school forever get off the apps and try just use your mind and use kind of as they call it intuitive eating but it's always good to start with learning and education around the nutrition then moving off but too many coaches put too way too much focus on it and at that them coaches generally have you on fuck all calories in the nicest way possible and that's when it becomes really obsessive and dangerous and when I was on the radio at that time that was kind of some of the arguments that were put forward but I never really got to argue it back I suppose we'll, we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that one we'll keep that one uh, for, for later on to pack a punch with that um, but uh, with, with the calorie counting I would say that's something that like a lot of coaches go there initially because it's quite it's, it's a lot easier to coach somebody that way you know if you say, right, you're going to eat like this amount of calories, obviously then you have to take into consideration then it's harder in another sense because it's harder for people sometimes to be uh, adherent to a certain amount of calories if they're not being coached the way. How, how can I fit food in and still kind of hit, hit my uh, targets, yeah. whether it's getting your protein in and getting your veg, all that jazz. Um, but 
do you think there's too much of a reliance on people going for calorie counting straight away when as soon as they want to lose weight it's like right you have to count calories um yes it, it's a difficult one right i'm not i'm not coaching that long and i wouldn't say i'm great with co- mm. i haven't much experience with coaching people without calorie counting because generally what i'll do is i'll coach people calorie count i'll do the process where we wean it out where we do uh one day on and maybe one day off where we do um generally a week off counting check your weight see what that's going like do another week even if your weight's up do another week without counting see what your weight's looking like and then it's about removing the, the scales as well at the same time and just enjoying your training um for people that want to lose weight like it's difficult. It depends on a lot of uh, on a lot of factors. It depends on kind of um, your knowledge about your nutrition that you're eating. It depends on um, kind of what weight you are and kind of how far you have to go to get to where you kind of want to be. Um, your age is a huge one for sure. Like TikTok is a crazy place. I have like 14 year olds messaging me about calories, and I'm like, the last thing you need to focus on is calories. Focus on eating good, um, nutritious food for yourself, including the food you like along the way. Um, you do not need to know about numbers and all that sort of stuff. That's starting into eating disorder territory right there because it's very easy for younger people to get to the toxic side of things. And when you're young, the last thing you need to be doing is restricting energy for your body when you're growing all the time and different things like that. So that is for sure a negative part of it. Any people that mess me along that side of things it's either ignored or i just tell them look there's other ways to go about it just focus on eating food and, and good nutritious food i think that's a really big good point to pick up but uh blanket advice is never good generally um especially when you think of like when you're getting people under the age of 18 that are like looking to follow methods that people in their 20s and, and, and 30s are trying to go for you know your your body's still developing even late into your teens like uh, especially 14 Calorie cutting uh, is is not without uh, weight no. bearing exercise, plenty of fruit and veg, there you go. calcium, all 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 the protein. Get the goodness. Around when you're that age as well, perfectly normal for your weight to change around. Like your yeah. bone, most muscles are only starting to develop. Your kind of starting with your menstrual cycle, all that sort of stuff is kicking off. Your body's under a lot of stress. Jesus Christ, eat more fucking food if anything. Mm. I was a, I was a little bit chubbier when I was younger, and I nearly nearly glad that I was to make sure that I was getting enough calories to recover yeah. from all, all that tough rugby training I used to do. Sometimes I think back is when I was in TY. If I didn't cut my carbohydrates, would I make the six foot, or would I still be five foot nine? <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wishful thinking. Um, but uh, in terms of. Uh, Separate. I'd like to get your opinion on that, actually, with regards to the, the calorie side of things. Do you think, what do you think is is the right way to go about it? Because you probably, you actually, not probably, you definitely have more experience with me with the whole coaching thing. Like, I'm only coaching now about a year, I think it was a year, like, last week or something like that. So I have a lot to learn, and it's great for me to ask questions as well and learn off other people. That's one of my favorite things to do. I remember you saying you were going to ask questions, and I don't think, not, not many people have asked me questions in the podcast, so I like it. I I approach weight loss and fat loss when it comes to clients in terms of like an individual case. You know, some people may not be suitable for going into calorie counting. If they've done calorie counting before, I'll generally not want to go into calorie counting uh, for the simple reason that if they've done it before, there's a good chance they've done it for sustained periods of time. If they've only tinkered with it, they're probably not even going to say they've done it before. So they've probably already done it for sustained periods of time. Um, Obviously, I'll try and figure out if it's something to rely on and they're maybe afraid to, you know, try other methods. That's when I'm kind of like, okay, maybe there's something that, something not red flags, but touching towards red flags if they're afraid to kind of wean off things like uh, my fitness pal. So I'll maybe try and approach 
that by going through different methods where we're maybe doing a more intuitive eating approach um maybe trying to just highlight the fact that if more of the plate is filled up with protein and veggies more often than not you're probably going to be doing better and then looking maybe on a meal-to-meal basis basis if somebody's a consistent eater so if somebody eats the same thing most of the time like i'll be like okay let's go on a meal-to-meal basis because if you're consistent with your eating let's change that meal because consistently that's going to make progress over the weeks if we're decreasing calories without counting which can be done yeah Um, uh, that's one way with the with other people then it maybe is going on to calorie counting because they maybe haven't got much experience um with nutrition they don't understand what protein is where where to get the protein from don't understand carbohydrates um well it's important to have do you know the way people like coaches and coaches have the google forms and you just fill that out and then you're signed up to the program they send you a weight training program and nutrition plan that's why it's important to have client calls Mm. and Know the, know the person you're in touch with and know them and kind of know what they've been through. Like one of the things that I'd often ask, and it's an old emotional evoker, I suppose the people that are listening to podcasts can ask themselves this question. When's the first time that you found yourself um, kind of becoming obsessive over your weight or when did you kind of feel emotional surrounding your weight or when did you feel that was a problem? And I think that is an amazing question to ask people because it really makes them think about why they're losing weight and it kind of gets them to think about kind of the obsessions around it at the same time as well. I'm going to have a few people cry about it. I've had myself even cry on calls when I got the answers to it. I think it's an important question to ask ourselves is why um, and when. Like when did because as we're talking about mental health is hugely linked to uh, nutrition and health and, and weight loss, weight gain and everything got to do with our bodies. I think so. And I would agree with you there. And them sort of questions are very important to ask. Um, I, I've had a few, I'd have had a few moments. I didn't think I, I was like, I'm not going to be that sort of coach who's going to evoke. I'm not going to be able to evoke them sort of uh, <laughs> emotions out of somebody, but it, it's, it's happened and it's, it, it's it's amazing some of the different things that kind of can kind of evoke that you know right now I do need to make this change and it can be like you know real bit slow build up and all of a sudden it's just somebody says one thing to them and then it can be the knock on effect of right you have to actually make the change sometimes what said can be a negative thing as well which can you know sometimes lead to that more negative way of approaching the yeah. process um, but as you're saying the client call and that initial consultation that is where you can kind of, uh, where I try to feel out the person to see if, you know, where are they sitting? Are they going to be somebody who's not, doesn't know nutrition at all, the need to do calorie counting to learn some of the basics? Or is it somebody that you want to stay clear of that and kind of maybe focus more on enjoying the food again, realizing that you can eat bad food? And the people who can't, who aren't watching this, I stuck the two fingers up to, what would you call these, these, these finger signals? Or something, is it? I don't know. Where the commas, whatever. Um, bad food, and um, we'll get on to that the topic of bad food in a little bit. But you can eat those foods and still look good and yeah. uh, lose weight or pull on muscle, whatever it is. Um, but uh, but let's actually get on to the, the, the whole topic of, 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 of bad food or a place where people would say that they serve bad food, McDonald's. Even- Back to that before um, with the kind of the body look and how their body's looking. I think an important thing to highlight, which I actually really want to highlight um, on my page soon or some at some point, is the whole, uh, you actually did a brilliant post on it, like about your ideal body type and how when you were, a, or 
your ideal body when you were cut down and, and you had your abs or whatever, how depressing that is, like how hard it is to hold that or how hard it is to achieve that and that it's not kind of maintainable or sustainable. So it's not kind of a body type you should, like in my opinion, you should aim for. I've had abs myself and it was the most depressing time in my life because it's so hard to cut your calories down that low. But it's perceived everywhere on Gymshark, especially for lads, they've been better with women as of recently, mm. but for lads, it's like they have six packs, they have their shredded and people don't realize the kind of hardship and work that goes into that to look good for that one picture. And that's what makes people even more self-conscious of their body. And, and that's the negative side of things again, relating back into that. Absolutely. And then to add on to that with, you know, getting abs being a, a torturous process for females, it's even more torturous because you have to get, uh, females just have to have a higher level of body, uh, body fat just for, to, to maintain uh, hormone functions and obviously uh, if they want to have uh, children as well you know that's important to look after your hormones um, so that the kind of perceived health in the industry isn't really healthy at all like people need to realise that, that having abs is in my opinion not healthy having especially for a woman regardless lads some lads are genetically gifted and have them walking around the place all the time but like there's body types that are different for sure i'm one of these people that would struggle to lose a lot of body fat around my um, stomach area and again it's all related to genetics people store body fat in different areas um but i do think that is not a healthy look for my body type and for most women that is most definitely not a, not a healthy kind of um thing either like you've noticed a lot of kind of um female athletes and stuff losing their periods and, and around the menstrual cycle and that's dangerous also i think it's like is it red ice or something like that it's called i don't know i can't remember we learned it back in college i can't remember it'd be something we'd go through it's a while you... since i've been in college mate <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not too long i was but jesus christ i forget a lot of shit that i learned back then oh so. stop stop um but uh yeah go go, go talk but well, let's talk about the the challenge what made you what was where did the idea come from initially? I I know where the idea come from initially. We've spoken about this before before people that haven't um, heard it, heard about yeah. Well, you <laughs> it's been that long now since I did. I did like two weeks ago, so I kind of forget why I, I kind of went for it. But the the idea behind it is to show people that like with client calls that I was having, it was like people saying. I'd be asking questions. I'd be kind of figuring out what was going wrong at them at the moment, and if there was anything they could just fix themselves and kind of go off and and be fine with it. But majority of the time, it would be um kind of all or nothing mentality where when they had um a so called bad food that they thought they messed everything up, and then they just went to eat everything around them. Or as the other side of things would be having a cheat day, um like they'd say, oh, I have a cheat day every week. I'm just like, right, stop calling it a cheat day. Like as I said, it's it's you're not in a relationship with your food. You don't need to cheat on it get over it um but i think that was that was one of the things that initially sparked me to do it secondly i remember a guy i followed on instagram did, did something similar jordan syed he's very very good he knows a lot of stuff um, and he did something similar and i really enjoyed it i remember when i this geez he did that challenge back when i would have been in college even learn about stuff and i was like even that i took something from that at the time so I thought a lot of people could take something from it. Um, so I remember even saying it to my girlfriend before I started. I was like, John, I'm going to do this challenge. I'm going to have McDonald's for two weeks and see how, see how it goes. And I remember I posted up the first video and I think on Instagram or on TikTok, it had a thousand views. And I was like, Jesus, that has a thousand views there. And I went to sleep. I woke up the next day and I woke up and I was on 500,000. I was like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> but the initial, I think the initial thing behind it was um, like just 
the amount of client calls you get in that are just people that are so stressed out about having that chocolate bar or having the food they enjoy and, and thinking that that's what's making them fat or um, the guilt surrounding that when they eat the bad, so-called bad food that, that makes them feel bad and makes them feel guilty and, and bad about themselves. And then what that encourages is eating more kind of bad food because they feel like they fucked everything up or they're a bad person. And, and I just think I really wanted to highlight that with people. And it was a message that kind of was highlighted with Abby because the interactions were outrageous on the videos. I didn't expect it at all. Um, so it just goes to show how much people do struggle with their relationship with food. And it's a huge problem um, at the moment. I had, Jesus Christ, people got my phone number or texting me, ringing me all the time, telling me, Jesus, I never related with a video as much. And I was just like, I was like, oh, how did this happen? <laughs> but it just, as I said, it goes to show kind of how much people relate to and how much of a problem it actually is. And, and it needs to be talked about a lot. Absolutely. And in, in terms of, you know, that guilt of eating, of eating that bad food, I would say it goes even further that it, it encourages them more negative behaviours than just eating, you know. In terms of somebody, if they've eaten that bad food, they might sit around in the evening because, fuck it, like there's no point in me going out for a walk or going and exercising because I ate that. And it becomes a whole spiral of negative behaviours in general, you know. It happened, it happened to me before I started to challenge. I think the challenge was a turning point even for myself. Because I remember I'd be the exact same. It's like self-sabotaging myself. Mm. As like after I thought I messed one thing up or I didn't train that day or um, I had a chocolate bar or something like that, I'd nearly just be like, oh, do you know, fuck this for the rest of the week. I, I didn't do it there. I'm not, I'm not going to do it now. Or I had that chocolate bar. My diet's ruined. I'm, I'm gone. And now, I'm, even after that diet, now I'm more relaxed with myself. I don't get angry with myself. I don't get frustrated with myself. So even as a person that create videos, I took so much from it going alongside it. Because I heard other people's stories as well at the same time. And again, taking experience from other people is very impactful for, for myself. So I actually think I took more from the videos than anyone else, <laughs> which is a absolutely. bit great. No, absolutely. Doing anything like that, whether people, you know, to do, whether people agree with doing fasts or not, but like doing a fast or doing a particular diet, it's an experience to take away something from that experience. I would say on the diet front, you're probably better off not trying too many crazy diets in the time. But like, I tried keto, I tried, uh, you know, the traditional bodybuilding, chicken, broccoli and rice uh, <laughs> uh, diet. Uh, How did you eat Keto, yeah, that was fun. Eating beef burgers with butter and uh, butter on it and a handful of almonds for breakfast. Uh, yeah. some, some laugh. Um, well, I was also eating about, I'd say about 1,100 calories and training twice a day like a madman. So uh, yeah, Jesus, it's no, one of them that I really don't understand. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. Uh, I didn't get it at the moment. At the time, I was only eighteen, and I was being told this is a good idea by sending somebody in the gym. So then that's that's why I did it. Um, there was no actual science or thinking behind it. I didn't know why. I just thought, right, I just listen to this fella, and I'll get. He's massive. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'll be massive. But that happens as well with the whole um, kind of perceived health like someone has a class body or um shredded abs and huge arms and huge chest and they see me <laughs> here i have a normal level of body fat i train four or five times a week i try to get a bit stronger i eat donuts on the weekly i enjoy a chocolate bar here and there and they see me and they see someone else who do they go for for advice you see that they think that person has more knowledge but i don't know if it's knowledge or syringes he has but i'm pretty sure it's not the knowledge he has yeah. um yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it's just that, that side of things as well is something that needs to be looked at as well as where people are taking their advice from. As you said, the person in the gym that you're taking advice from is probably huge. Yeah, massive, massive. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, definitely, definitely uh, syringes involved. But uh, me, me here causing con- controversy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Give a fuck. Give a fuck. Um, it's going to happen eventually. There's going to be controversy. It has to be. We can't yeah. cannot shy away from it. We have to yeah. call all the charlatans out. <laughs> yeah. As a six pack is on steroids, but the people yeah, are genetic. There's a lot of people that are genetically gifted, and there's a lot of people that just train hard as, like hard as fuck. Yeah. And that's that's as well at the same point, and that's kind of not something I'm downgrading by saying saying the other side of things. I'm just gen- again, as you said earlier on, general statements aren't really the best. But no, no. But, then, uh, but the context then is grand. If you give context, it's grand. Then, then yeah. we're, we're in the context. I think that that's a big thing that people still don't really kind of understand is that uh, so many people that look great, or um, even you know, in terms of uh, they might lift loads of weights, and people will necessarily gravitate to them to buy their products to take advice from them, not knowing that they are taking uh, steroids. And I talk, spoke about this. Uh, more in depth in, in another podcast that I, I did a while back but uh, um, like people buy into that not knowing and it's like kind of almost false advertising and people think that right in another way of thinking it is look, that fella what he does if I do that I'm going to end up looking like him and that's never really the case because we're all- be actually what's your opinion on selling training pro- programs just playing training programs just like obviously if you have videos attached to you demonstrate an exercise but and a training program PDF with just the names of the exercises and sets and reps to do. What's your opinion on that side of things? Well, it's it's like a horse without a saddle. Like you can get on it, but there's a, ch- a good chance you're probably going to get bucked off. Like, yeah, I I have I don't know why I don't know if this is just me, but I have a severe hating for selling singular training programs. It's definitely a form of income, and I know personal training is a hard way to earn a living, a hundred percent hard way to earn a living. But I think selling training programs, like maybe there is a little bit of science that goes in behind a lot of them, especially if you have a, this isn't targeting sports, but this is the generalization thing here I'm talking about again. For the right <laughs> the gym um, and this, that's who I'm talking. I'm not talking to sports performance people because programming for them is essential. Um, it's probably the biggest factor in getting them results and stuff like that. For the general population, they just want to go to the gym, feel good about themselves, build a little bit of muscle. Why do we sell training programs when they're online for free for just as good? <laughs> well, that's I, what I was about to say. I was going to say maybe the selling point is not the, the thing I would say uh, if you're giving someone a training program or if you have a, like a, a free training program out there, I would say that's probably a bit more ethical in that sense because you know yeah. a program alone isn't going to get you results. There's no accountability. There's no applying it to your own life. There's probably some exercises that the person doesn't know how to do or can't do maybe. Okay, stuff I disagree with all that, but as we were saying, that's performance items. If you're mm. Gaelic player, um, rugby player, anything like that, and you know you want to be an athlete or you want to even kind of have a performance-focused goal, then maybe it's best to get a personalized size program. But if you're just a general person who wants to lift weights and stuff, I don't recommend really going out and buying a training program. For, you can get them for free. You never probably get them for free in your gym if you walked in and asked them why it's that. There's two, there's two elements to this that I, I always be thinking about because – there is a certain population of people that will never put the money into one-to-one online coaching, personal training, or maybe even classes. They just won't because they think maybe this they, they know they know like they know what to do, or maybe they just don't want to put the money. Don't have the priority of the value, or they don't have the money for it. Uh, I just think there is a certain population of people that will sit in that camp. Um, then on the other side of things, I don't agree with giving out a pro, uh, program because it doesn't give the results. So. What I try to do is I would 
still coach some like I would have cheaper alternatives than than one to one coaching like yeah for Gaelic football I know that's a little bit different because the programming maybe does need to be a little bit more intense but I have ones there for you know um I feel good lucky program where we kind of it's like working on body composition but there's also a lot of uh, emphasis on working on things like uh, journaling and uh, stress relief and and yeah. looking after mental health to support all of that. Uh, it's not just a program. We do webinars and there is a monthly check-in. Yeah. So there is like I I couldn't just throw a program out there and charge people for it. I, I hate that side of things. Actually, speaking of what you were speaking about, uh, the first group of people. There's a guy <laughs> me talking about all these Instagram people. Um, <laughs> This, I just came across him because I think his sister had come to one of my Instagram. I was like, oh shit, I'll go, I'll go have a look at his page. Thomas Power Fitness. He made a good video and it was a video where he goes outside and his car is broken. And he's like, oh shit, what do I do here? I'll ring the mechanic. Ask the mechanic, will you come over here and fix this for me? Then he went into his house and his shower is broken. He rang up the plumber. He's like, look, will you come here and fix this for me? He walked into the bathroom. He looked himself in the mirror. He was overweight. And he goes, oh, what will I do here? I'll fix it myself. I I know how to, I'll I'll go do that myself. And I was just kind of like, so you'd pay for the expert to get your car fixed. You pay for the expert to get your shower fixed. But when it comes to the most important thing, which is yourself, mm-hmm. you won't pay the expert to learn how to do it properly or or to go about it the right way. Um. So I I seen that video and I was like, Jesus, that man is on point. Well, it ties a lot into, especially with lads. I find it's a lot more common, and then I find sometimes fellas can be a bit more reluctant to reach out for for health in general, never mind just for coaching, just because, you know, it may be perceived as a sign of weakness. You know, they might feel, they can't ask for help because then they will feel weak themselves for having to ask help. You know, that's not just solely with men, but women obviously can uh, be that yeah. way as well. So I find, I don't know, like maybe maybe I'm off point with this, but I just do think in my head there's a certain point, population that will never get in touch with myself and yourself about coaching or any coach. But then maybe they just haven't seen or heard the right coach, the right person for them who, who clicks with them. Yeah, I always say that as well. Like Coaches are nearly like therapists. There's one for everyone. Like Some people might not suit you. Some people will suit you. Mm. I always say that to people on the call where I'll be like, look, my coaching style doesn't suit you. Let me know. We'll try to find someone else for you. And it's not, it's not a personal thing. Like, like, okay, there might be, you might click some better with a female coach. You might click better with someone that uses different methods. You might click with someone that isn't in touch with you as much you might click with someone that's in touch with you more and there's loads of, loads of different factors in it as well and it is about finding the right coach for yourself that's a great point to touch on as well yeah the, the therapist is a good point because that client actually said that to me yesterday morning she's like you're, just, you're almost like my therapist now i was like <laughs> you know what i actually have a list of courses that i want to do and cognitive behavioral therapy is one of them so you know like yeah uh, i could see myself getting into it because i see there's a gap there with like coaches and that side of things yeah, I've done therapy for a good while, and it's probably if I was to, to see which was more beneficial for my health and weight loss side of things, was sports science of relearning all that, or was the therapy probably more beneficial? I think the therapy side of things probably benefit me more regards to that than anything else, and I still keep it up today. I think it's important for everyone to do it. I think it's important for early lads to think it's okay as well, and for everyone mm. to know it's okay. Like, yeah, fuck, I talk to someone every single week who really gives a shit, and it's something that I can talk to someone that's not in my family and. And it's really useful to bounce ideas off them or bounce kind of things that you're feeling, how you're feeling about your body, how you're feeling, why are you feeling um, that way? And they're good at asking questions to kind of delve a little bit deeper. As we were saying in our coaching calls, asking them little questions are probably the most important part of the coaching call. Might be a little bit insignificant to uh, kind of the way that you're going to go about coaching, but it's learning about the person and why they are where they are is huge. And I would, uh, I would back your sentiments. There's no, no problem. Like I don't, there's no issue in this day and age for anybody to be going and seeing the therapist. You know, it's not 
that's that stigma should be well gone at this stage but uh, yeah. unfortunately it's it's not i'd say you picked up a few good tips well not tips purposely they didn't give you tips i'm sure you've been observing and learning from the therapist to, to be able to ask better questions as yes because well. <laughs> he always asks me questions i'm like whenever i'm talking to someone now i'm going to come up with some good questions but it really does get them thinking because i think that's the biggest growth is, is learning about yourself i think you've mentioned earlier about how like a lot of our issues specifically, like as humans, a lot of our issues specifically when it comes to exercise and nutrition or, or weight or how we see our bodies or body composition, a lot of it does come back to, you know, mental, maybe mental health or your relationship with yourself or your relationship with something, you know, and yeah. ther- therapy is a chance for you to kind of work on those kind, kind of relationships, sure. to ask your questions and, you know, working on, on accepting things that can't be changed and, change perceptions of maybe things that can't be changed or just you need to yeah. think differently about it because it hasn't been serving you. Yeah, it's huge. And like to, to, to talk about the whole mental health and kind of nutrition and away side things, like I'd say majority of your cause and my cause and definitely the majority of my cause at the moment are, oh, can you help me lose this weight I put on during COVID? And that's a sign. Okay, so one, okay, we're locked up. Fair enough. Being locked up, you're going to have less exercise activity. But we could always walk around. There was always a chance to go out walking around. People kept up home records and stuff. Why did people put on weight? I think majority of it's probably related to higher stress. Um, our work environment and our home environment being mixed into one was not is not great either. Um, because there's no break in that. And stress is highly related to work as well. Um, so what I kind of describe to people as is like you chose the drug of choice nearly for um, coping coping with stress and stuff like is it the greatest thing to cope with no I would say exercise is probably the best way to cope with stress and stuff like that and that's what I always try to transfer people across to but it's better than drinking alcohol and alcoholism it's better than taking drugs to kind of cope with stress it's better than I don't know what other ways there is but anyway um, food is probably one of the better ones because short time of it you're not going to kind of kill yourself doing it you know what kind of way you're not going to have a huge effect on your health Um, and it's always reversible and it's easier easier to reverse um but yeah then it's switching it to exercise to cope with that i think is is the way forward but that's how i always describe to people it's like it's just a coping mechanism same as alcohol is the same as drugs are um so so is food 100 percent. and uh in terms of people losing like maybe gain away over uh, lockdown. I liked. I liked your analysis of. It. I would say there's other things people maybe don't think about, didn't think about. If you are, if you're listening to this and you're aware of somebody who put on a bit of body fat or a bit of weight over lockdown, you know, not only are you mashing your environment together, you know, you have one room maybe for three or four different things when you used to only maybe sleep in that room. Uh, that's one big element. But you have a lot of people lost up that kind of purpose, you know, if they weren't working, you know, or they're not able to do the things that they enjoy hobby wise. Like I got back to jiu-jitsu four weeks before lockdown kicked in and I was like, yes. I put off jiu-jitsu because of PT got in the way for about two years. And then I was like, yes, I'm back. I'm back in the promised land and then COVID kicked in. And looking back, and I'm like, that definitely gave me a big kick in the ball psyche-wise because I just got back into that mindset of like, right, yeah, I'm back to jiu-jitsu. Um, and... Happened just after Christmas as well, which is when people kind of set the New Year's resolutions and uh, I'm going to turn that around and then a big punch in the face and saying, you're not changing that now. Mm. <laughs> or you're going to be limited to kind of what you can change. But yeah, definitely the, the merging of all the rooms together is huge. I even find it myself here. I work from my room a lot of the time. I will now, recently I started to, I'll get up, I'll go out to my car and I'll do stuff. I didn't mm. do it 
happen because it's separate and it removes the kind of work stressful environment. Even if you love what you're doing, there's a, there's a measure of stress with it, especially if you're running your own business, 100%. But working for someone else also because um, money involved, all that sort of stuff definitely creates stress. So having that in your sleeping environment or house environment really kind of disrupts how you normally would be. So weight gain is, is probably only natural for everyone during COVID. Yeah, I watched a, a, a brilliant video, a 15-minute video. It was a long one with my cousin before I left London. My cousin, his partner, and my girlfriend, Dana, we were sitting there um, watching it. It was about the environment and the room, and basically the premise of the video was this fella was like saying, when we all went into lockdown, imagine instead of going into lockdown, we were all shut up into space in our own individual little capsules. And this is how he's like, this is how you should imagine your house now because... You only have a certain amount of uh, space for everything, and he's like, it's important to designate different areas for everything. Uh, and once yeah. you start mixing, it can really affect. It, it really affect because your brain predicts what is a prediction machine. It's trying to predict what's going to happen next. So if everything is in the one room, brain doesn't know what the fuck's going on. You don't know what signals to start sending it. Um, but I don't know what the name of the video is. I've been trying to search for it. So if anybody's listening to this and they've seen that fucking video, fucking send me a link, right? Yeah. <laughs> After, because it sounds very. Yes, it is very true, but I think a lot of people need to be easier on themselves for putting on COVID weight as well. Like, okay, you coped with it, you coped with stress, you survived the year-long COVID ordeal that we've been through. Mm. Uh, don't be fucking hard on yourself. Like, you do, you do not need it at all. Like, it's only making things worse if you're hard on yourself. It's not kind of a... Yeah, looking back isn't going to help you with where you want yeah. to get to going forward. Not um, at all. But uh, you mentioned one thing about... You know, getting stressed with work, even if it is something you enjoy. And both of us fucking love what we do, and I can tell that from just chatting to you. And um, burnout is such a common thing to happen. But like in all areas, whether it's sport, you see people doing it in in in, in office jobs. But particularly when it comes to owning your own business, burnout is such a prevalent thing, and it's kind of almost uh, romanticized. You know, grind. You know, no, yeah. days, no days off, hustle. You know, the Gary Gary V style. You know, like. Oh. What are you doing? Get get on your phone and send out a, hundred, a thousand direct messages now in the next hour. You know. Yeah. Um. Do you find or have have you been finding that like something that's a a challenge and kind of balancing act? Yeah. So, at the start when I first started coaching, I was doing check ins Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no rest. <laughs> I was trying to post seven days a week on Instagram. I was trying to post seven days a week. Um, on my Facebook page so there was no relaxing time at all and that burnt the shit out of me I, was, I wasn't the best person for myself I wasn't the best person for the people I'm coaching then so they weren't getting the best side of me at the same time um, since I've switched it to kind of just taking Sundays off and a little bit of Saturday off well a good bit of Saturday off and just making it a little bit easier myself and making it a little bit more structured um, but for sure I think it's like burnout is easier when you when you love something almost because mm. it's hard to stop and it's so hard to take a break from um like i, I working with a guy um a boxer and in in moat and he's um he, he experienced it there a couple of weeks ago and i was like i knew this was coming i was telling you because he's so obsessed with boxing so obsessed with everything around it we'd finish a training session we'd finish a strength and conditioning session he'd probably look up youtube videos of boxing he'd be there looking at it and then he'd get home and he'd be shadow boxing before he gets to bed at night and he'd be going out he'd be getting into ice baths and he'd be doing everything that he possibly can like work ethic is shown but then one week he was just like i literally can't move on my bed and i was like this is why you need to be able to shut down meditation is huge when i think i've seen you talking about it um on story and um, at one point i got into it a little bit i need to get back into it myself um headspace is kind of what i was using for a little while i know they have a netflix thing but i was using their app for a while 
Um, I think, I, to be honest, I'm not the best person to even talk about it because I still experience it. Like last week, I was the same, rode off, don't really know what to do. You're the perfect myself. person to talk about it then, man. <laughs> yeah, well, at least someone else that they're listening to this, they kind of know that it's okay to feel burnt out sometimes as well, that they, they didn't mess anything up. But yeah, sleeping a lot longer than normal, kind of harder to get out of bed. Um, different things like training, kind of loads going down. Mm. Um, I going down a little bit but it's all kind of incorporated together so I need to find a good balance and maybe I can get some experience off yourself <laughs> you find it useful or how you find you get burnt out I know well in terms of you mentioned about the signs of burnout my number one sign of burnout is whenever I don't want to train in the gym that's basically the mind that's the first thing I notice and uh, it's happened a good bit over the last since moving back home to Ireland just because there's been so much happening in the last six months uh, in terms of doing up a house and getting it together, issues with fucking the plumbing, and my van was getting fucked up, and you know, <laughs> and those things, I was like, I'm grand about those things, I wasn't actually getting that annoyed about those things, but then I wasn't really, it wasn't the train, and you know, I, yeah. it's only now, like, in the last wee while, I've been thinking back, like, that's probably why I didn't want to train, because I wasn't really dealing with those things properly, I was just like, kind of, oh yeah, they've happened, it's grand, but then, in the gym, I'm in the gym, and I'm like, I don't even want to look the way, never mind, Left it, so it happens to people at all stages, and it probably will pop its head in and out, you know, throughout most of our fucking lives. Um, you yeah. have to, you have yeah. to, you have to hop out there, wee bit, did you? Someone rang my phone, and I was like, "Get off!" Mulligan's <laughs> <laughs> fitness is busy here. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so yeah, with in terms of dealing with burnout, I think having actual days off is the biggest thing and I've literally only started doing that properly again in the last like three, no, about two months because I had been, I've been doing bits of work to the house in between work and trying to get everything done and it's quite hard to, to mould everything together but then I, I sat back I was like, wait, I'm actually my own boss so I can kind of, you know, maybe structure it in such a way that I don't have to work all the same hours that I do during the week and leave that for doing stuff at the house, you know, yeah. and still kind of, have my business in, in, in good shape or maybe just do a big block of work one day yeah. and save me for next week but I still I think everybody needs a day off no matter what you think and surrounding yeah. surrounding yourself with this thing like especially if you have a, a goal or a dream of being like fucking the best at whatever you do or like one of the best it can be easy to say right I'm going to surround myself with everything so for example uh, the fellow you're on about with boxing watching boxing videos uh, shadow boxing uh, whenever he's free time always thinking about boxing 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 it can seem like yeah I'm going to make loads of progress and you might but then it gets to that point where it's kind of tipped over the edge and if that's happening often then it's kind of not going to be a good thing in terms of progress because you're going you might be going quite linear for, but then you're dropping for ages you know um, yeah. whereas we don't we don't mind if it's a wee bit up and down as long as that curve's being okay yeah and you find your journaling is huge for that as well because mm. it's interesting enough. I um, I swapped from kind of having a daily calendar. Do you know one of the daily calendar books? Last week I swapped into kind of using an online one and just typing my stuff out online. And I after coming towards the end of that week, it was the most burnt out I've ever felt in my life. And I don't know. I, I have a feeling it was related to because I was typing stuff out and not writing it out. Mm. So I switched back to my daily calendar this week, and I'm one hundred and ten percent fine. I feel perfect. I think. Like even my daily calendar, I'd write down little notes here and there. So journaling is 100% important. And that's actually something I could probably learn off you. That's something maybe I could go to your program and, and find out about. Actually, matter of fact, I think it's important for other coaches to get coached when we're talking about that point as well. Um, and I think a lot of coaches are probably afraid to ask 
for coaching and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, journaling, explain a little bit of that to me because I think that's definitely something I could uh, take on board and look at. Yeah, journaling, kind of going back to some things you even were saying earlier about uh, you were talking to clients and you kind of reframed. I forgot that I actually wrote a note that I want to bring up that you can't remember the exact example but you kind of reframed what somebody had said to you and said it in a different way it was about running actually that's what it was you're on about the running and instead of being like right if we reframe it like you're going out to run to with the purpose of you know getting better at running rather than running to lose weight it will make you want to do it more and that whole reframing process i kind of look at journaling a lot like that um apart but you can do you know what i'm grateful for that's probably a little bit less and more about the reframing that's more maybe uh trying to put yourself in that sort of uh, mind thinking about the things that you're grateful for rather than negative things in your life so I would every day I would well most days whenever I'm I, I'm staying good with my journal I will do three things that I'm grateful for every day and people sometimes struggle with that one in particular because they find it hard to find things that are worth being grateful for every day but that's the that's the beauty of it you have to try and search for those things it might be something you can see in your immediate area it might be someone or something or somebody might have done something really nice and they're like, oh shit, yeah, I just forgot about that. I'm grateful for somebody helping me. You go and like, oh, I text that person. I forgot to say thanks for that. Boom. It can, it can really be, it can spark a lot of really positive thought way, thought pathways. Um, and then in terms of reframing, you could maybe, for example, I put in that body image post to put up today. I put up a couple of prompts that you could use for body image related stuff. So maybe what is one body part that I'm more self conscious about when I'm in public, and then let's say it would be my stomach for me like I would have been more self-conscious wearing certain t-shirts you know when the belly sticks out I wouldn't I wouldn't wear certain t-shirts if the belly uh, was sticking out uh why am I self-conscious about it because I'd be uh, I would have got slagged for being chubby when I was younger so I'd be expect somebody to point it out and 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 say something and then is that a rational thought you know that's the kind of the last way I'm kind of approaching it like is that rational is it really likely that somebody's going to actually say something to me and more often than not it's going to be no you know um, and you're kind of reframing that thought pathway. Those, that one in particular is probably a hard one for people to go for. So that's, you know, if you've been journaling a little bit or you're used to digging into your thoughts, maybe go for that. Initially, that might be a great one to go for. Yeah. Maybe something like, what are three things about my body that I'm grateful for? I get, it gets me around the place. It gets me from A to B. I don't need to put no diesel in it. Um, whatever, whatever. And the reasons for everybody is going to be a little bit different. But a lot it's changing those thought pathways is something a bit more positive or even neutral because you can't be positive all the time. Like, yeah, it's if, never you're over, if you're overweight, like you're not going to say, ah, oh, I'm not overweight because that's just not like, it's, it's not a fact that you could say, maybe I'm just a, a little bit more overweight than I would be uh, comfortable with. But instead of saying like I'm fat, you know, yeah. Reframe it to something that's a little bit less negative can, can be impactful too. Yeah. And even getting those thoughts out of here, Onto, and that's the same as the therapy side of things because I don't journal maybe that's why I rely on therapy a lot more because I'm getting my thoughts on my head and across to someone else that can yeah. reframe for me so almost like a talking journal then maybe journal is something I actually just went across with my mother bought me a book the mindfulness journal I've oh. not I've wrote my name on the front of it Darren and I didn't open it <laughs> but I must do because even talking about you there with the self-conscious side of the body thing um you're probably going to be sick of me asking all these questions. Nah, as, crack on. As a personal trainer and online coach and person that's coaching people to get kind of 
physically better in themselves do you find that it puts more pressure pressure on yourself and your own feelings around your own uh, around your body so if you're not looking kind of a certain way or if you're not um a certain fitness level are you capable of being a coach do them thoughts pop up into your head not so much now as maybe would have in the past uh initially yeah i i would have I would have been a bit more self-conscious about how I looked when, in terms of like, if I don't look a certain way, are people going to, you know, want to get me as a coach? Now, I don't, I don't really think that way. And I think, um, I think the way that I like approach coaching with other people, like coaching other people and the way I kind of approach myself kind of rubs off and like how I put up on social media and things like that. So people, when they come to me, they don't expect, you know, methods maybe that would have seen before. They kind of know what to expect in that sense. So, I don't find I, I get that really as much. So it's probably a combination of the people that come to me now that don't really, I don't get brought up yeah. into those sort of emotions and then partly me probably dealing with some of that sort of uh, insecurity um, and I don't just get it as much. Now, don't get me wrong, some days I wake up and I'm like, geez, my arms are small for a personal trainer. But then I'm like, well, I also want to be able to choke people out and, and, and a bit of extra mass means I have to go against somebody that's bigger. So like, yeah. you know... There's, there's, and, and Gaelic football, you don't need to have big arms. I know it's nice. Well, actually, I'm not going to lie. I got to wear the tight fit jersey the other night and my arms were struggling to fit in. So then I felt a lot better about it. So, <laughs> but in that, even in that, I think it's good to also balance out those. Uh, the, I would have been that fell in the, in, in the mirror whenever I was uh, like in savagely lean shape uh, when I was 18, looking in the mirror the whole time at my arms and things like that. I don't really do it that much because I think. If you're relying on those highs so much, then it can make the lows quite big as well. Um, that's that's the, the the past reading of the stoic uh, stoic philosophy is uh, coming through now. But uh, yeah. it'll grind. I don't really like to take. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be chuffed with a wee pump of my arms are like kind of popping out of a t-shirt, but I won't let it affect me too much because I know if I do, I'm more likely to get annoyed if somebody says something a little bit negative. Yeah, yeah. Because I just think I think it's interesting. There's definitely something I struggled with to start as an online coach, and I think working with people that go through uh, body image struggles and and talking them through their own struggles, it's kind of helped me along the way as well, for sure. Mm. So just like Jesus Christ, if I don't keep these abs now when I'm an online coach and they walk in here to this gym and they see me with a bit of a belly, um, what are they going to think? So now 100, I don't feel like that. Um, but at the beginning as a coach, um, it's for sure. Something like that. I think even maybe coaches could probably take something from the podcast. Um, thinking about oh, yeah. that way as well. Like it isn't, it's not your, your body that's helping someone. It's, it's you as a person and your knowledge that's helping someone. Um, okay. And that's kind of the misinterpretation of the whole health industry. If someone looks a certain way, that they they have all the knowledge or, or they know what to do. Mm. And in, in in that same sort of way, like you know, having those sort of chats helping you with your own kind of your own uh, struggles. I would say I would fight. I would say it's it's hard for people that maybe are like coaches, maybe that are in more of a negative mindset or maybe not a great place body image wise or food relationship wise. I say that could be quite harmful, maybe clients going to them. So uh, in terms of, you know, how does that rub off, you know, uh, going back, you know, we're talking about coaches earlier that maybe have more unsavory methods, you know, maybe is that a symptom of those sort of more negative body image and food relationship kind of uh, that those people have? Is that why that kind of materializes in these more over restrictive and kind of intense methods? Just had a little uh, like light bulb there as we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> you're right though yeah it's, it's really interesting to think about I think a lot of probably coaches do struggle with that side of things mm. um, I think it's okay for us to 
not be linear all around all year round as well. And it's okay for us to um, go to the shop and have a donut and get caught by one of our clients having a donut at the same time. <laughs> so I was eating a fucking cinnamon bun there just before we were uh, went live in this podcast. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up. I nah, man, bring- dude, I like I. That's one thing I actually want to get into more. I used to always put up pictures of food. Um, like I'd make sure I put up like a, a healthy meal. You know, like. Not health, like is in like food that people would expect me to eat, you know, like you know, you're more like oats and like fruit and berries and your protein yogurt. I would put up a meal like that, and then I would make sure then if I was eating something that someone would deem bad, I would always put it up because people just think that oh, PTs don't eat that or they can't eat that or I can't eat that, and I, I just every time I put up one of them, that's somebody feeling that okay, it's okay that I can do that. Um, but also yeah. there's a line as well. It's People try to think that if you're doing that, then you're just basically uh, you're uh, setting the precedent for them to just think that they can eat that all the time. But it's not. I received about 400 comments telling me um, that I'm the worst nutritionist they've ever heard of underneath their McDonald's videos and that I haven't a clue what I'm talking about. So I went through a lot of that as well. Um, that was the net most negative side of the whole bloody challenge. But yeah, that's definitely um, that's a funny that's a funny side to it all. That by trying to spread a good message that people take in a kind of a negative way, but you're never going to change your feelings. I actually burn speaking of burnout, actually going back and we're jumping in and changing around stuff back to when the kind of videos went all over the place. I was wasting so much of my energy replying to people that was just pointless. I can trying to change their mind on what I was trying to do when realistically, if I just focus on the good side of things, but I burnt myself out by doing that. And I was saying to my girlfriend, Tom, I was on the phone to her and I was like, look, now I know why people are famous and have pictures up and go viral, want to take drugs all the time and wipe themselves out because I was literally lying in the bed and I couldn't move. I was like, like I'm just raging here. I don't know what to do because I was trying to change people's or tell people what I was trying to do show people what I was trying to do and show them the good message behind it but you're never going to show everyone same as you're talking about there that there'll always be someone that will kind of comment on what you're eating there and say you can't eat that and you're causing people to have kind of cancer from foods or if you're drinking Coke Zero and telling other people to drink it they're going to get cancer all that sort of stuff but yeah that was another another definite place of, of burnout I've had and it's an experience I, I don't really want to experience ever again I'm just like to myself I'm glad that's all over I turned down four or five radio interviews after and um, to the day FM one I was like I, I can't do that anymore so I just I told him look I'm not, I'm not doing doing them interviews there's too much attention and I can't really cope with it at the moment like I went from 600 followers um, 600 followers the week before I started to 1,800 the week I finished which was mental like to come from 25 local people liking my posts to random people commenting underneath it uh, and all that sort of stuff was crazy it's 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 a strange thing. I I'd say getting in such a quick burst probably made it even stranger. Um, yeah. But uh, in terms of the radio shows, I I appreciate you coming on to the podcasting as you turned down so so, uh, <laughs> so many offers. But <laughs> I'm looking at your page and the way you came across to me is you're very similar. Like you know what kind of way, and I like having chats with people that are similar and even other coaches like there was coaches that were coming to underneath my um, post tell them calling me names like and, and abusing me under it like and I was kind of like right you might have a different point of view right and that doesn't mean that I uh, give out to you for it there might be a keto coach and look I would love to speak to someone that is a, a keto coach to learn why they're doing it and maybe they could learn something off me and I could learn something off them mm. but like none of that it's just negatively straight away when you would message me I was like shit here's someone that 100% talked to straight away um, and then we had a chat and we got a call in them before this is like two months ago now nearly months ago <laughs> <laughs> but I knew straight away and it's like Jesus 
one, he'll probably take a few things from me. I'll probably take a load of things from him, as I have already with the journal and everything else. Mm. There's so much to learn from everyone else. And I, I always remember this quote as something talking about the quietest person in the gym. I, I don't know whose quote it actually is, but always, every time I'm in the gym and I go to a new gym or I'm, I'm doing personal training now with someone I haven't before, I'll sit quiet and I'll listen to other people and listen to what they have to say. And just learn from it because there's something to learn from everyone like 100 percent. it's something i believe in and you don't need to kind of just because you don't agree with what you're saying you don't need to come at them really mm. yeah, absolutely and uh with the, with the burnout side of things i think one thing people don't think about a lot when it comes to burnout of any well it's particularly when it's business or work related burnout is choose picking and choosing your battles so those uh, picking and choosing your battles for yourself was you know which comments do I reply to and engage with you know that was like I'm sure maybe if you didn't engage as much in those negative ones you mightn't have got those feelings as much possibly so that's like one of the battles you, you can pick and choose and then also saying uh, no to things that you don't really want to do which is the radio shows and I commend you for that because a lot of people would go the opposite way and try and take advantage of all that um, yeah. you know but it probably would have been a smarter idea for kind of getting clout and seeing stuff. But for my mental health, I was going down the wrong path and I knew it fairly quickly when I was on the phone. I was like, I can't cope with this shit anymore. And it wasn't like even the personal. It's so funny because there was loads of personal comments on it, like stating about my, my fringe and stuff like this. But I actually don't care. I was laughing at them ones and like them commenting on my body or whatever. I was just like that. I actually don't really care. They're actually quite funny um, because I remember years ago I went viral. We went viral another time. Me and my brother were watching a Conor McGregor UFC fight and he ripped off his t-shirt and it went. It think the video has three million views, but it's me Hello. sitting out with a with a wife feet on and they're like, "Who's that traveler in the background?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's me, but I think from that moment, I didn't take the comments personal. It was the ones attacking my credibility or attacking that side of things that got to me the most and I was just like I can't even do that anymore and then the radio shows kind of did a little bit of that but um, I learned fairly quickly I was just like look I'm not, not going to do it anymore I don't need, I don't need it so you know, kind of it's, it's done leave it off and for anybody listening you do not rely on radio for your health advice <laughs> because they are not interested in getting they getting to the bottom of it they're interested in the, 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 the clip the clickbait and the quick bite information to try and suck in. Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry if you work in radio, Lo- local local radio and independent radio is where a fan of you. Exactly, yeah. Do you know what's the funny thing is? The best radio um, interview I did was the first one and it was like Leitrim, LF, LF, uh, LM or something like that. I don't know, Leitrim, Loud, I think it was Loud FM. L- LMFM, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the best one I've been on and they were the nicest people um, and it's a, a small, as far as I know, I could be slating them here. No, no, no small, it's, it's from Dundalk. Yeah, and they were grand. They were nice. The way they did their interview, they were sound, um, but it seemed to be the ones that started to get up a bit bigger were being a little bit more snaky to me and they weren't interested in kind of um, the main message behind the whole thing. Um, so so that's what kind of annoyed me about them I won't go too much into it because that's negative feelings in the past whatever like they're going to do their job I have to do my job at the same time exactly um, exactly yeah. um, but uh, I have to say um, we're about we're just about an hour in and we were talking beforehand about how long it'd be and you know, time always, the time always flies i got a, a couple of things I still want to bounce bounce off yeah. um, but, but uh, I know you have to head away off four o'clock so I'm just mindful of the time oh you can we can go past that if need to be. That was just a <laughs> time I came up with in my head. <laughs> I'm enjoying my time chatting to you. We'll get- uh, class, class. Um, with, uh, 
with um I'm actually after lo- losing my train of thought there. <laughs> your um, your statements, is are we onto them beautiful ones, yeah. No, we're not we're not into them, I don't think. I don't think. Um actually yeah, yeah, no, we are, we are a good chap. You're after reminding me, you put me back back okay. back on uh track. You're up in Belfast there uh, a, co- a couple of weeks back. Um, were, you, were, you, were you feeling a wee bit seedy the next day? <laughs> I don't. I actually haven't drank since. Um, I haven't drank since Jesus. Jan, not even January. I think it was about January last year. There's a good topic to speak about uh-huh. as well, because the way alcohol makes me feel and kind of affects my emotions stuff like that. It's just not for me. So I'm just like none of that. But it's funny how it's so intertwined in kind of Irish it's probably every society at this stage like that if you I think Irish is a wee bit is a wee bit more now in in terms of uh, society I think we're yeah we're on top of the curve <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much like you have to drink to have a good time or if you're going somewhere you're having a few drinks or uh drinking all this I'm just like you know I have no interest and in, don't like to taste alcohol makes me feel pretty shit for the next week or two mm. weeks even. I kind of gave it up um but Belfast was some trip I would I actually take looking there. I was like, I'd actually love to live there for a little while. It's, it seems great. Um, all the buildings and stuff are. It's almost. I was saying it's just going to offend a lot of goddamn people. <laughs> it's more of a capital than Dublin is. I was like, Jesus, it's pretty nice. So anyone that's listening from Dublin is probably going to come here and thump the head of me. Uh, um, actually, it must. I haven't been up to Belfast in ages. The only time I've gone out is for nights out. Um, but in terms of the drinking side of things, I would. I, I do drink, but. I would have been someone who would have drank uh, like a, a lot more at one stage, you know, like I would have been sort of felt any time you go out, I guess I'd be twisted drunk. I kind of would be the same as you. I don't like the after effects or how it affects me for the days after. So I don't really drink that often. Why? Yeah. Um, my, uh, my, um, what you call it? Not my sin. What is, what is my vice of choice is, is, is cannabis because it doesn't leave you too bad. It doesn't leave you any sort of way the next day. Um, and there's no calories. <laughs> <laughs> but you make the calories up because you get the munchies. But uh, that's... Uh, um, Your tips on that. I might have to take that forward with me for Amsterdam in the oh, future. Well, see, you're very... You're, there's no tips for Amsterdam. I can't give you any tips in terms of stop, <laughs> stopping munchies in Amsterdam because you're out of your usual environment. You, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of reasons why it's hard to eat well in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll just turn off all my social media so I don't go posting anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have a chat beforehand. I'll, I'll prep you for Amsterdam, don't worry. Um, but uh, in terms of going back to McGregor, you brought him up. Will you be staying up for the fight Saturday night? I absolutely will. He is one of my biggest inspirations. I know a lot of people hate him. I absolutely love the man. And um, if it's one thing in life, I wish I can meet him at some point. I want to go to one of his fights before he disappears or he goes off and uh, doing something else. But I don't know how possible that is with the the fortune I have to fork out for it. I've said single one of them every single one of them I thought he was going to win I cried nearly when he lost every single other time <laughs> I remember sitting uh, I was lying I think it's around at like 4 o'clock in the morning I remember lying in bed for last, watched the last Dustin Poirier one mm. and uh, I was chatting with my girlfriend and we, we were talking whatever the fight went on he lost and I just didn't speak for like 3 or 4 hours afterwards I was in the worst mood of my life she's like oh, what's wrong with you I was like it's after news I'm going to cry no uh, that's yeah. yeah I'm a big fanboy he's a Who's on my behalf? I I love the man. I don't know. It's just how far he's come. Uh, the shit he says sometimes is hilarious, but there's also a lot of knowledge in behind it as well. Mm. Obviously, the recent stuff he's doing is a bit outrageous, but like 
everyone makes mistakes and like you have a camera on you 24 7 jesus christ there'll be a lot of news articles about me and telling you that like everyone's the same but it's just about realize i think a lot of people don't realize that, that he has cameras on him and everything else 24 7 yeah and going back to what you even said you know it can like with getting that many people commenting on your stuff and and liking you know uh that's times how many times for him you know yeah. every move you make is scrutinized like Obviously, he's done some 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 bad shit or but stuff that people wouldn't agree with maybe in the past. But I would always respect him for what he does in the octagon and the way he approaches it and yeah, how, what he's done for himself. Like uh, if you if you don't spreads faster as well. Like a lot of the negative stuff spreads a lot faster. There's a lot of good stuff he didn't remember Ireland in lockdown with the whole um, PPE and he sent that around to all the hospitals off his own back. Loads of different things donating to random children. Mm. Uh, who are dying, different things like that. There's a huge amount that doesn't get spread around. And then the one negative thing in your life that everyone knows about, and it's just... It's always oh, the way. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. Oh, always the way. And uh, I think I think when, if people can't take inspiration from what he's done, like what he's made of himself, then, you know, that's just... Being a hater, man. It's, <laughs> you, it, no other way about it. Like, you can disagree with the way he's got there, or the way he maybe approaches fights or what he's done, but... Yeah, because um, I was even laughing. When I um when you asked me to do the podcast and I seen on your page you had Andrew McGahan on the he's one of your friends or something I was like I remember that fella from all the interviews and he's on the <laughs> he's the interviewer he he has the shitty microphone and McGregor's like what are you using this piece of shit for yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was like McGahan. anyway I, I remember I remember seeing your page and seeing him I was like Jesus Christ if I go down for the video now I might get to meet him he's met McGregor it's nearly a good thing. Yeah, he uh, he's he's my well he he's he is one of my jiu-jitsu coaches coaches he does I do one of the ones with him um in town he's uh, he's a brand built in jiu-jitsu but he's a, he's a good chap um uh, that's mad that you fucking re- remembered him off the the video I have watched all of McGregor's interviews at least twenty times and one of these people right I'm feeling demotivated I'll take on a little bit of McGregor there and I'll go around and, and do what I ever have to do mm. I don't know why it's just like coming from nothing to something really appeals to me I'm just like I'm going to get there it's not kind of way yeah I think uh, I'm looking forward to the fight I'll be staying up with myself Saturday night um, do you watch Predi- predictions I'll I don't know I can't make a prediction with that fight I <laughs> I don't think it's going to last that's my only prediction it's not going to be it's, only, it's not going to go five rounds that's my only prediction Um but uh, I might have to ask McGann what he, what his prediction is. So somebody told me that he's predicting a, a submission. I, I, I don't know if I'll go that far. I think McGregor's going to submit Poirier, but I think it's going to be an exciting fight regardless. Um, there's a lot of really good fights in the undercard. Do you watch much UFC? I uh, watch a good bit of it, yeah. Um, mm. Who is Wonderboy and Gilbert Burns? That would be an interesting mm. one. Well, um, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus your man as well. The random fella that just signed to the UFC or something. Yeah, it's very strange that they're giving Sean O'Malley, like, he's, he's a good fighter, but they seem to be giving him someone that, like, he's probably going to, you know. Yeah. I, I, li- I like watching him fight. He's entertaining. But the fella, the dark horse, I don't know if you know him, Tai Tuivasa. Yes, I've seen an interview the Greg Hardy fella called him fat or something. Yeah, well, Greg Hardy's a, a, a I think he's a, he's a woman beater, so I'll not listen yeah. to what Greg, Greg Hardy says. But uh, Tai Tuivasa. He's an absolute legend. If you've ever seen it, go and watch his videos. If he wins a fight, he drink. He pours a bit of a can of beer into a shoe and drinks drinks. It drinks from yeah, <laughs> a shoe. And one of my mates is in Australia. And the last time he was fighting, there was he'd stuff up in his Instagram story of him doing shoes. <laughs> Drinking the shoe is Alan Reeve. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I seen I seen an interview from him and I heard the stuff about the Greg Hardy fella as well. I don't think he'd be watching anyway. Um no, well he could never look at it. he could be dropping us messages. Greg now Hardy if you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it cut, it, it, the message in the boat was to go out to Vegas and get our heads kicked in. Yeah. You can strangle them and I'll run away. I think I'll still run away to be honest with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is good. The UFC is um, quite interesting. The whole um Jake Paul and Logan Paul side of things then is another madness. It'd be funny. I, I, it'd be funny to see one of them come into the UFC, Logan or something, come in and see what the crack happens. It'd be funny. It'd be a bit like CM Punk all over again, I reckon. Yeah. Although, I'm no harm to CM Punk. I think the, the Jake Paul, uh, one of the brothers, would probably be better on his feet than, than maybe CM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, it's crazy how they're making mint now as well. Like. But that goes to show as well the whole negativity thing surrounding surrounding people as well like he's making he's making bank off people's negativity I would say in for my taste those boys probably go a little bit too far in the negativity for me maybe yeah. because they're American that I can't really relate to them yeah I understand that's, prob- that's probably what it is and Americans probably like that aren't Irish Americans which is probably only about a tenth of the Americans because all of them think they're uh, Think they're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any Americans that are listening to this, I'm just generalizing all these. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're probably like, I can't relate to this I, Irish leprechaun that's dancing around the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I was thinking the same thing. I think it's just because Americans, I hate them. Like, <laughs> well, what did they say? If you hate them, you'll, you'll still invest in watching them. You're still invested in it. It's hard not to. Um, but uh, I'm gonna throw out, throw out a couple of a couple of statements. Um, of thing it doesn't have to be. A statement. I don't know why. I, I, I actually introduce this segment pretty badly every week, every time that I do it. Uh, but what would be our debt row meal if you were to only eat one thing? Debt row meal, Jesus. It can, it can be from anywhere in the world. It can oh. be anything. At Oh, it has to be. I don't know why recently I have a bad craving for donuts, and I don't know how many I eat. I just still crave them the next day. And I'm just like, oh, I'll never go away. He's placing that donut, Centre Town, Stodge Face, best Biscoff donut you'll ever have. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, that'd be the last one. I'd, I just, I'd have six of them, and I'd be set. Attach me to the electric chair. <laughs> With a donut still in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> class. Class. Um, is there anything that you always rely on or lean back on when, when you want to unwind or kind of de-stress? Um, year, last year probably wouldn't have been my computer here playing a few bit of Call of Duty, something like that. Um, as of recently, I don't know. I, I think maybe that's why I'm suffering a little bit of burnout recently as well is because I'm not really interested in doing that. Um, time off my girlfriend up in, in Mayo. Probably just go leaving at home for a little while, heading off up there is nice. Yeah. A little bit of time off, turn the phone off and relax, I think. If, if that is even a hobby, walking around. <laughs> walking, man. That's, that's, I have not been doing enough walking. I walked about once a day, um, but like getting out for a walk with no like purpose, you know, going out for a wee wander yeah. just, to, just to look at the trees or to go out just, just for a wee wander. I, that's probably one of the things that I need to incorporate more to help me with. Like, yeah. Music either. Music, I think I rely upon a lot. Like, I listen to a lot of music. I'd stick the headphones on. It's, it's a good release for me, I think. But walking the old dog is a good voice. My dog is probably bursting the door here now, I'd say, soon enough. Yeah. What do you have? <laughs> he's, he's, I've uh, American Staffy. Well, he's one of these. He'll rip the house apart. And then when you find him ripping something apart, he'll give you your old puppy eyes and then you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love that. Uh, he's a funny one. Segway, you mentioned the music there. Um, 
I'm big on listening to albums. Now I don't know how into music you are. Would you? But would uh, would you be big uh, big enough into music to be able to pick an album that yeah yeah like, um, out in your head? Yeah, I don't know. There's a few, but uh, before a disclaimer, I have the worst music choice in the world. Second disclaimer: I listen to absolutely anything. I don't really care. I listen to any. XXX Tentacion. I think it's seven. Is the is first album he had or something like that, or the second one is even good. The question mark. Don't know why got so invested in mm. him and his music for a little while. Um, so I think that one's or Juice World is pretty good as well. One of them anyway. I don't really know. Ah, uh, I just listen to any random stuff. Why do you say your music taste is bad? I don't know. Maybe that's the negative thoughts on myself. Because the lads around me all say it's shy. <laughs> well, that's like not gonna lie. Most of my mates for, uh, from where I grew up, but they wouldn't listen to the music I listen. To. I would not listen to the, my music around them because they'd be like that shy. Because I listen yeah, to yeah. all rap and like metal and like just mad like mad soul and disco and shit like that. So I I uh, I feel yours. It. I feel it. yours. Album. Actually, I'm gonna put up a post uh, about my favorite album. I'm massive into rap, but uh, there's a. Uh, yeah, you've heard of the Wu Tang Clan. Yes, I Tom, have. Tell me, fucking Mike here. Yeah. Um, one of one of the lads I know well, one of my best friends. He's uh, he's mad about them as well. He'd be mad into that style of um, kind of music. Yeah, probably listen to a good bit of it myself. But I just wouldn't like one of these people that will have YouTube music here on. I'll click radio on on one of them and I'll skip across the song. I listen to it, that's unreal. And then a couple of weeks later, I'll be like, "What the hell is the name of that song back then? I can't remember." And I'll be trying to sing it to the Shazam yoke to try to find out what it is, <laughs> and I can never find it. So I'm bad with the names and stuff. Class. Uh, the album is, is one of the fellas from the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Jizza or Rizza. I'm pretty sure it's Jizza. Uh, the album is, oh my God, I forgot the fucking name of it. That's cat. <laughs> and I have, I, have, I have the picture in my head of the album cover. Cover, it's yeah. Liquid, Liquid Swords, that's what it is. Um, and it's basically the, the sample, he uses a lot of... Um, Sample, like he uses the same track, uh, not the same track, but the kind of martial art film. He gets like the boys talking and that, and he puts it into the into the song. So like, there's a, like interludes of like bits from martial arts films and shit and that. And there's Class. Like, there's like boys going like it's in, in <laughs> song and shit. Like it's quite cool. I I'm big into like samples. So like, where they kind of make this, made the beats from, you know? Samples. Oh, where did it get? It? Yeah. So I like that's class shit for me. And then old school rap is just unreal it's it's probably my favorite album i've been just listening to flat out over the last year and a half yeah i'll have to i'll actually i'll listen to it after this i'm going a little bit of a clean around here so i'm gonna oh. stick on the old speakers and it's mad it's mad pre-warning you yeah it's a bit <laughs> odd. like the first time you hear a wu-tang clan like you listen to an album you're like this is a bit mad but it's no, I'll, I'll enjoy it. i listen to like jesus christ apart from classical music now i don't know if you're around here listen to this podcast and listen to classical music I apologise, but your music taste is worse than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I listen to anything, listen to anything at all. One of one of my best friends would be mad into Wu Tang Clan and that. Uh, any favourite books at the moment or audiobooks? Um, I listened to the most recent book. I want to try get into actually James Clear Atomic Habits was one that I listened to recently. Um, I didn't get to finish it, so I want to class it up my best most favourite book. I actually have ne- I never read a book up until last year it was the first time I ever kind of read or listened to a book which is a bit crazy James or not, what's his name David Goggins Can't Hurt Me one mm. of my favourite books 
Um, it actually inspired one of the lads as well that I was working with for a little while. I got him to listen to it. Um, the pretty average running fellow. You've probably seen him on um, my Instagram. He's gone running 100 miles in, in three or four weeks. And he listened to that book and it's literally motivated him to go off and, uh, and run them miles. I think it's an amazing book. I think it attaches back to coming from nothing to something as well. I think that's why to invest to. Have you listened to it yourself? No, I've not, but I watch a lot of videos and listen to the Joe Rogans with, with Goggins. And I, yeah. I'm mates with enough people who've read the book that I basically have read the book. Yeah, because they're one of these cults. They're like vegans. We're like vegans, people who've read that book. <laughs> There's another coach who'd probably be good to follow. He's big into his uh, flexibility and mobility and his strength training as well. Mark, I, he was the first podcast I did. Uh, his name on Instagram, the guy who didn't settle. But he... He uh, is he loves Goggins, and I remember uh, from chatting to him and listening to him. I think I basically read that book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was teaching to one of the lads for my birthday. Was it got got me his uh, his merch, and it's the best thing I ever, I ever had. Mm-hmm. Already hanging up on the wall, ninety percent of the time. I'm pretty sure he, uh, me mate Mark, he used to always be like, right, if I'm stuck in a situation, I'll ask myself, what would Goggins do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Telling you, his following is a bit mad. His, his whole thought process is a bit crazy. But just, I don't know. I, I reckon if someone feels like they're stuck in a rut or feels like life is going pretty shitty for them at the, for them at the moment or they're kind of stuck at something, I'd say, go and have a listen to that book because it changed my outlook on a lot of things. It changed many, like a lot of people's outlooks that I told or referred to, to listen to the book after. Um, and it, I can't speak. Specifically, the audio book. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically the audiobook because the audiobook has little extra parts in it where he like talks yeah. a little bit more about his life and he has interviews. So one hundred percent. Is there any book you can offer me up to listen to? Um let me actually go through my um audible. At the moment I'm not actually listening uh, I'm one of these like, people now that did the the little trick to get the you know when you can't go to cancel an audible to give you a free book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart. I got like three months for like the price of one as well. Yeah, yeah, it's the tip. Can- tip is go to cancel and then renew. You know that kind of. Yeah. Uh, what was gonna say? Yeah, I haven't been listening to many like you know those sort of like. I don't. It's not really self help book Goggins, but you know them more inspirational books. I have. I've been leaning away from them for a wee bit. Uh, I think it but, is important to give yourself a break from them as well because they are training too. Mm, um, I'm trying to keep my like I'm studying. I'm doing my precision nutrition course at the moment. Um, so I've been trying to keep me reading like like you know coaching wise reading and that but uh, i'm listening to a book called natives by a fella called akala he's a he's a it's a whole bunch of things but one of those things he's a a rapper he's from uh, the uk and it's about uh, the the british empire it's quite quite interesting but it's more so looking at it from the terms of like you know is it really a great is Britain really great you know kind of that's, yeah. that's a, it's an interesting one on that front and it kind of looks at race and things like that but uh, man I, li- I listen and read some mad stuff I uh, love Greek mythology I'm reading a book at the moment about Greek mythology can't think of the name of it so, just something about Greek myths um, but, I must go listen to that native zone it sounds like a, it sounds like a good one mm-hmm. I do have that free book talking there waiting for me on the old audible it's an easy listen he's quite he speaks very well and it's like I think it's good when the order reads a book and they can like they can speak quite well. It makes a big difference. You take it in better. Uh, Kevin Hart's book, uh, the first one, I can't remember what the name of it is, but that one was one of the, the best audiobooks I've listened. I actually felt like Kevin Hart was in the air for like three months. I, I, I used, to, used to come home to Gareth and Dan and be like, back with Kevin on the walk, to, walk today. Like, he was telling me something. <laughs> <laughs> on the building sites out there with Kevin. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and in terms of like, you know, coaching front, there's a book called Conscious Coaching uh, by Brett Bartholomew. He's a strength it's very it's about mostly communication and how to build buy-in and and that side of things, which is probably an area of coaching that doesn't get touched enough when it comes to sports science and doesn't get touched enough in PT courses or in general, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm one of these people now that I need to get the book in person, but I think that coaching conscious coaching book is quite expensive. Mm. I think I remember looking at it before, it's quite expensive to get the actual paperback version of it, you know. Yeah, the audio book is probably a better, uh, cheaper option. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Do you ever find when there. you're listening to an audio book, you find the people annoying and you're just like, oh, go away from me. Yeah. That's a big thing that turns me off. Yeah. It, I, I can't, it's certain people I can't listen to that. Just yeah, the fact that it's, it's the same, like, you know, I, in, in the Cam app, similar to the Headspace one, you can choose the person that, that you know, does your meditation. It's very important to have a voice that you actually can listen to, or in terms of a coach, it's important that you have a coach that you can listen to and, um, get on with uh, in some way um, but uh, yeah actually I'm trying to think of, there's another book that I'm trying to think um, have you ever read The Alchemist it's a, no. it's like a fiction one but it's kind of like a inspirationalist one it's short enough it's a good wee it's a cool wee one some people think it's a bit like woo woo but I, I, I like it by a fellow called Paul Paul Paolo Coelho or Paul yeah Paolo Coelho Um it's very good and it's short enough book as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll fire over a big old list here so we're not boring people loads of uh, <laughs> books now. But, uh, Anyone that hates books has just clicked off. Yeah, uh, just skip past that bit. Um, <laughs> films, any favourite films? Now it could oh. be all time, you can maybe throw in one that you've seen lately, that would be good. Jesus Christ. Um, all-time favourite film. One of the films that stands out to me. Do you know that kickboxing film with the fella? Never back down. Ah, uh, there's a good old one. Good old one. Like that one. Um, kind of a film, not really a film. Do you know Band of Brothers? Mm. Series almost. Very Unbelievable. Good. Love that. They're probably my two two ones that stand out to me anyway. I don't really know. I like Band of, Band of Brothers. Anything to do with World War Day too. Um, I'm yeah, a, really I'm interesting. A, I'm a nerd for. Yeah, any docu. Do, I'm a documentary person, like. Yeah. Netflix, I'm waiting for those. Um, I'm waiting for those kind of documentaries about serial killers. I'll, I'll binge watch a lot and don't care how long it is. I'm watching every bit. Have you watched Mindhunters? No, but I heard it's meant to be great. That's a good one. That's a good one to get on with that. Um, if you're into that shit. Yeah. Um, what do we have here? Podcast. Since we're on a podcast, is there any podcast you'd like to listen to? Uh, it doesn't have to be coaching. It to do with anything. It can be to do with coaching. I was gonna, I was gonna say something there and slate someone, but I won't. Say, I won't say <laughs> <laughs> I only asked, I who I was gonna say is, well, I'm not gonna say it. But actually, the only podcast I ever really listened to is Joe Rogan's podcast. But as of recently, I stopped because he had someone on and they were talking about nutrition, and I was just like, I can't listen to this gobbledygook coming out of this fella's mouth and Joe Rogan's mouth, so I'm gonna click off. And so that was who I was gonna slate, and I just continued on to slate them anyway. Um, yeah, no, no, but I like, used to listen to that. You can, you can, you're not slating them, you're, you're, you, you don't agree with what he was saying, so you couldn't listen yeah. to it. Yeah, after that, I don't know. 
well, I'm one of the I'm the music person I think I just when I come on I want gobbledygook in my ear and just beats and that's it and I'll walk along just yeah. podcast sometimes if I, if I want to learn something about a subject or something along them lines I'll find kind of um, like about coaching if I want to get a little bit more information or about how to improve my coaching Jordan Syatt's podcast is a good one to go listen to he has like calls with his clients and I'll just take little things from that like such as even the questioning people we kind of got that from there um, other than that I, I don't know I don't really listen to too much yourself anyone you can recommend to anyone oh loads loads I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, pick a top one I, I, know, I can't pick a top one I'll pick a, I'll pick three to, to spice up people's uh, podcast list Adam Buxton podcast um, it's very fucking good it's just weird like he makes little news, uh, little songs to go along with the podcast like so like if they could be talking about something he'll make a song that like some someone said it's quite fucking mad or he, yeah. he does he does be getting cool people on like he's friends with Simon Pegg who made you know Shaun of the Dead yeah friends. yeah he's friends with Louis Thoreau and a lot of these other people like he so he does a really cool guest on he won with like um, it's called that American dude oh, he's in Jurassic Park can't think of his name I have a clue but I think I know the guy you're on about he's, de- he's dead smooth I can't think of his fucking name but I had him on and he gets really cool guests on and he does be asking him like all sorts of strange and weird questions but he's that sort of character he gets on well with everybody so it's quite yeah it's really good you hear people talk about shit they wouldn't usually uh, blind boy podcast is probably my favorite one um and we listen after ages uh he talks a lot about mental health and so it's always going to be something that I'm, I'm interested in but just also does some cool shit in history as well yeah um, i've never listened but i've been told to actually Mm, it's not not if you've listened to Rubber Bandits and you expect it to be like the Rubber Bandits and it, you're going to be proven wrong. It's not, it's not like a um, else then maybe something about fitnessy. The Mind Muscle Project is probably one of my favorite fitness podcasts because I don't know they're just good lads and they get interesting characters on. Um, they're from Australia, so I like listening to Australian accent as well. It's a good crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. I uh, never heard of that one, but might give it a look. Who who's who does that podcast? A fella called Lucky. No, no, can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna attempt. I'll find out anyway. Find I'm out definitely definitely quit saying his his surname as his first name there, but like we we we'll, uh, we'll go with. It. I'll send it to you after this, and then I'll, I'll be able to spell check his name. Uh, Perfect. But uh, do you have any take home messages then for people uh, whether they came came to listen to this podcast through? you doing the challenge or just from being clients or whatever um yeah i don't know uh i guess one is just don't be so fucking hard on yourself <laughs> all the time i think that's the main message take from all of it you don't need to be so fucking hard on yourself the world is hard enough on you a lot of the time take it easy and be proud of how far you come uh, be f- proud of kind of all the stuff you've achieved be proud of um absolutely everything and, and that's how you want to keep pushing forward i think the main thing for people to take away is just don't be fucking hard on yourself Love it. Uh, and then, <laughs> I have to put the bad word in there. I, I'm a, I'm affected for the old bad words. Yeah, you have to throw them in there. Effing and blind, and I purposely yeah. add more swear words into my captions just to so people know it's actually me that's typing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of then, if people want to get in touch with your coaching services, whether in person or online, probably best to get in touch with your Instagram. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Better off. My emails do be a little bit stacked. Like, well, to be honest, the email is, is an old style now. I'm just. Flicking past that. Instagram, just message me on Instagram, I suppose. Um, have a good chat. I do, I do like to have a chat with people before we get started on anything. Um, I think it is a good way. Even if we only have an old chat and I get to know you a little bit and you're firing off by yourself, I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah, Instagram. 
That's, and on that point, that's actually interesting because I would be like that as well. And I find it funny that people, as soon as you start maybe chatting to them, they assume that you are trying to get them to, like, all you want is to sign up. And sometimes I'm just like, just want to have a wee chat and say, send yeah, you off yeah. in a better position maybe than you were when you started the chat. Yeah, yeah. I understand. It'd be a lot of, I think people are almost afraid for because I message people back. I'm like, look, we'll get in a phone call next week because one, too hard for me to explain exactly what I do over, mess- over a message on Instagram because it's a minute long voice note. The amount of minute long voice notes I have sent across to people then, I'm just like, we'll okay, get a call in or whatever. And they're like, oh, if I get a call in, do I have to sign up? Question mark. No, we'll have a chat. We'll see what the crack is after there. Then look, you might suit me. We might spend the whole video call just looking at each other and not saying any words. And if that happens, then we might find a different coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, that's the best way to do I think. And you really get to know your coach as a person. You get to know um, the person you're coaching. Mm, class. Love it. Right. That was a fucking whopper one, pal. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> um, and I like the questions. I, 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 um, I can see us having another one in the future because you kept it in. You definitely kept it entertaining by keeping me on my toes by asking. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I knew I had. I'm I'm a I'm a fucker for going off topic a lot of the time, and I, I love asking questions as well. I think it's important because if people are clicking on your podcast, then it's because of you. Ninety percent of the time, like so, a lot of people want to learn about you as well. In the meantime, I think a lot of podcasters kind of forget that part. Like, it is important for you to to explain yourself as well. So I do like learning about you and and your point of view as well. As I said, if I'm in a gym and I don't really know the people, I'm normally the quietest person there, and I'll just ask stupid questions, even if the question is stupid, it'll be quite funny. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Another takeaway lesson. Be the quiet man and ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Don't be the don't be the weird quiet man now. Like be quiet, but be a bit of crack at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right, we will leave it out. Go on, watch how McDonald's are going to be now. Are you going to be a little less likely to expect to feel bad after eating food that you would have deemed as bad? Do you still think of food as good or bad? Or do you get the whole concept that no food is bad and you need to think of the whole context, you need to think of what you're eating throughout the whole day, and you get enough vegetables throughout the whole day, you get enough protein in through the whole day. The big picture is what is important and if you're trying to lose body fat you need to think about calories and you can still fit food like mcdonald's into a healthy diet and a diet that will help you lose body fat and gain muscle whichever you want to do but i hope you enjoyed the whole lot of that please give us a review you fucking legend i really appreciate it so sweet food there and yeah if you find this interesting 
go follow Oshin. Send us a wee message if you found what we spoke about to be really impactful and if you have any questions about what we spoke, what we spoke about. We're always open to reply to any messages. Be happy to have a chat with you. And yeah, share a picture of this to your story. If you would be so kind, we would be so appreciative. And last little bit of info. Because the podcast is becoming a bigger part of what I want to do and I fucking love it so much and I enjoy having the chats with people I enjoy putting it out to use and I enjoy hearing how much it's benefiting you and that you enjoy it and it's maybe different to other fitness podcasts that you listen, listen to before. I love that shit. So if you are somebody who hasn't messaged me before and you have those feelings, have those thoughts, fucking let me know. Let me know. And let your mates know about the podcast because they might enjoy it as well. That's how the world gets about. But I'm going to be setting up a Patreon account and what Patreon is it's an opportunity for you to contribute to the podcast help me put more money into the podcast help me pay my mate Lally who edits the videos and makes the little highlights and look makes everything seem so seamless and he also is going to be the guy who's videoing and edit, editing the po- in-person podcast which I have recorded the first of already and the quality is just on another level and it's going to be so fucking good for you especially the ones that have watched from day one to see the, the high quality HD image um, and the better audio as well. Going to be getting bigger guests on, going to be trying to do some live events eventually and as part of being a patron of the podcast, patron, patron, you're going to get a whole bunch of benefits. You're going to get some of my ebooks that I'm going to be charging money for, you're going to get them for free. Some of them are free at the moment, so if you haven't downloaded them, go and get them, shameless plug. But you're going to get a whole bunch of freebies. You're going to get a discounted price on all all online coaching. So if you did want to try and maybe go from listening to the podcast to becoming a client, being a patron is a nice little step in there. You're going to get a taste for everything that I do. And you're going to get the higher tier level of stuff, not just what we put out on Instagram for free. Um, because I don't want you to just become a patron of the podcast. I want you to get something out of it on top of that along with getting to listen to the podcast, which are going to become a lot more frequent as well. We'll not be having those big gaps, I swear. And part of the Patreon, Patreon, part, a big part of it for me is that I can see this as more of part of my job and actually put more time to it, put more effort into it, because some of you seem to be enjoying it and I want to help you enjoy it more and get more benefit out of it. And if you have any big guests that you'd like me to get on board, becoming a Patreon patron, is going to be a big help in getting those big podcasts, big podcasts together and getting those big guests in. And yeah. Oh yeah, special bonus part of being a patron is that you get to come up with some ideas for podcasts. You get to suggest questions and these are going to be able to suggest guests that I can hopefully get on. So you're going to be able to be more involved in the podcast and be a part of the podcast. Um, because this podcast, this podcast is for you as much as it is for me. I enjoy recording it, but I also enjoy hearing how much you've enjoyed it. Um, so I'm done rambling now. These are all fucking legends. These have a whopper day. Bitch! <laughs>